Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. This is a Friday show. I love Friday. TGIF. Thank Good God man. I am forgiven. Good. Jess Romero and my wife. Anita Romero, Tobias, and Sarah. Yeah, AKA yeah, Tobias, AKA awesome. Aquila and Ed. Priscilla. Yeah. In the making. In the making. In yeah, the we're, making. We're, yeah, we're sinners. In the we're sinners. So are you. Yeah, we're sinners in the uh, saints in the making. Yeah. Sinners being transformed are. to saints. Absolutely. Hey, we got a good show today. Just want to mention something about uh, the month of March, my love. What is uh, what? Oh, the month of March? What is that? It's devoted to Saint Joseph. Amen. Who is he? He's a patron saint of workers, families, homes, and a happy death. And terror. And the terror of demons. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we need to for his intercession, especially right now. If you We if should end a lot of our right, prayers with that. Right, right. And right now, if you're uh, this is I think this is the second day, if you're following the novena, which starts was started yesterday to the uh to Saint Joseph. So I I started yesterday, although I do that prayer every day, but specifically for a specific intention. I have I I have started that novena. So yeah, the, the month of March is devoted to Saint Joseph, who's the head of the family. Yes. And uh, let's pray, uh, <clears throat> an Our Father, yes. before we start the show, because we're going to be getting into some deep stuff about fa family spiritual warfare. Yes, and that's what we're all about. We're about family, yeah. marriage, spiritual warfare. And I think we're not hearing enough about it, so that's what we're here for—to serve you, family, because you are our family. Yes, we've been, and we've been, and the topics we're going to talk about today is, um, <clears throat> what do I? Uh, okay, the husband, and the, but this is not very often. Help! What do I do? My wife's unconverted. That's not often. <laughs> it's the other one that we get a lot. Yes, for the last twenty years. Help! My husband's unconverted. What yes. do I do? That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. Our first, uh, probably two segments, right? Yeah, at least. Maybe. Yeah, at least. And then we'll be the talk whole show. about Who the knows? husband. Mm -hmm. Let's pray on our, our, our Father. In nomine Patris, et Feliz Spiritu Santi. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, santifici domen tuum, advenia renam tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicuti gelo et in terra. Panem nostrum, cotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimiti nobis de vita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus de victoribus nostris, this is the question that we've been getting for years and years. Yes. And, and again, through just through yes. as we continue learning our faith, through experience, yep. trial and error, <clears throat> you know, studying scripture every day for years and years, yep. <clears throat> uh, I think we could give a pretty good response to this. Yeah, to this question. Yeah. My because because what are we dealing with anyhow? What's 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 the macro? What we're dealing with the macro is one of the demons. Demons called Asmodeus. Who we reject, who is, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Go to the foot of the cross that Amen. He may do what He as He wills. Yes, uh, Asmodeus. He's a demon that attacks marriages. We know that from what book? We know that from uh, Book of Tobit. The Book of Tobit. Yeah, mm -hmm. chapter three, I guess it was chapter three and eight. But same. And but who are who's the angel that helps? Uh, Helps uh, marriages. Marriages. It's Saint Raphael, and so bad Saint, news, good news. Yeah, bad news. Good. Saint Raphael is the angel that helps and protects our marriages. So, so that's, that's what we want to focus on yeah, we're here. Focus on those two things. What, how we, how we can ask for Saint Raphael's intercession 
for our marriages. Even if you have a great marriage, like Jesse and I, we have a great marriages marriage, but we gotta we want to keep it like that, and we have to continue praying. We want to keep the marriage great, like somebody right, to wants to keep America great. great. <laughs> we want to keep the marriage great, right? Keep America, and you, we yeah. want you to keep your marriage great. Yeah. If it's if it's you feel it's not so great, we have some some concrete to, answers. Yeah, today. concrete answers for you. Biblical answers. Yeah. Catholic so, answers. So what what's the question that we usually get? What what do people call up or email or what do they ask us? What's the, the question? The question that that we get, we get a lot of phone often. calls very often. Uh, my husband is unconverted. I'm praying the Exilium Christian Arm prayers every night. What else should I be doing? Well, that's good. Yeah, if that's you're if excellent. you're a wife in a state of grace. Mm-hmm. And, and you're praying the Exilium Christian sure. Orum prayers dot org. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can pray those prayers because they're deprecatory in nature. So you're yes. not commanding, you're asking. So those are safe prayers. Yes, those are safe prayers. Those are now, for the laity. Exactly. Now, specifically, it would be more efficacious in a perfect world if you prayed these binding prayers along with your husband. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you want to know what I'm talking about, all you have to do is read the story in the book of Tobus, Tobit. Of Tobias and Sarah. Yeah, we just mentioned. It's from chapter three to chapter eight. You'll find that this couple prayed together mm-hmm. on their wedding night, mm-hmm. and a demon that I don't want to mention his name. My wife already did. We yeah. rejected him, rebuked him, renounced him. This demon was vexing Sarah, a holy Israelite woman. Uh, she was diabolically afflicted, and their corporate prayer together l- l- was lifted her affliction, never to return to her again. So if you notice, the demons yielded to Tobias's authority as the protector and the head of the family. There's the key. It was Tobias. It was the, yes. pa- the patriarchal yeah, protection. The husband. Anita, husband. so what, what prescription would you give for a woman that wants to, says my husband's unconverted, what prescription yeah. would you give? Well, this the prescription that, that we would give and I would give is... Uh, for an unconverted husband is, for example, our, our Lord Jesus Christ told Faustina, number one, if you say this prayer, the, the divine mercy, okay, that's what she's talking about, three o'clock, with a contrite heart and with faith on behalf of some sinner, and in this case, you're probably paying it for your husband. She, the promise is, I will give that soul the grace of conversion. So there, there you go. Pray the prayer for your husband, the divine mercy at three o'clock. Preferably if they can. Preferably, right? preferably if you can. Because that's the promise from our Lord Jesus right. Christ. That absolutely it is. And now she's he didn't say just do it one time. No, he said ongoing. Yeah, you got to continue. And you know what? It's not if your husband becomes converted after a year, two years, or whatever it is. You got to still pray for his continued conversion and protection and probably protection. Yeah. Absolutely, because. We we can fall out of grace. We can, we can. So what's so, the next so, the next suggestion you would give a yeah, wife? Yeah, the next suggestion that I would give a woman is pray the rosary every day for your husband, so that your prayers can merit for him the grace of conversion. Our our blessed mother says in promise number eleven, out of the fifteen promises of the rosary. She said, you shall obtain all you ask of me by recitation of the rosary. That would include the conversion of your husband. Yeah, the conversion of your husband. So in this case, you pray the rosary for the conversion of your husband and your continued conversion, right? 
So if you, you women, if you live in a state of grace and you are, pers- you are already personally protected from the diabolical, your tears, your pain, and your suffering for your husband are meant to purify you and make you a saint. We'll give some examples a little later. Yeah, right, right, we will. So your prayers become more efficacious, you know, more effective as you become holier. Because remember, when That's you That's the James pray, 5.16 principle. Right, right. James 5.16 says that. And remember, when you're, pray, when you're praying for someone, they, they're, it's reciprocal. You're going to be getting those graces also. So your role as a wife is to pray, to do penance, and suffer for the conversion of your husband. That's right in the it Bible. Is, it is. It's suffering when you see but your loved one falling away. But it's in the Bible. But it's in the Bible. It's in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 14. So well, how about adding a weekly... Another thing, how about adding a weekly ro- uh, a holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament to merit the grace of conversion for your husband? That too. See, so we have to add, especially this time in Lent, this is the best time to add those if you can. And I know some of you are holy. Listen to this. You, I know you pray the rosary every day for sure. You know, most people that are listening on to Jesus 911 are praying the rosary. And if you're not, start. Please start. Don't but, look back. Look forward. Yes. But, but but pray the rosary also with the intention of converting your unconverted Absolute. husband. That's your intention. Yeah, you know, put mm-hmm. put that intention before the Lord. Yep. And now, trust in God. <laughs> trust in him. I want to go through a couple of safe deprecatory prayers that a wife can pray for her husband. Mm-hmm. And I learned this from Kyle Clement, who's Father Ripperger's right-hand man for the last 15 years. It's fire, he's Father Ripperger's facilitator and case manager and his exorcism team. He, we were talking the other day, and he goes, Jess, when a wife prays and does these prayers at her bedside on her knees, he said, they're more powerful. So I said, why? It makes sense to me. Yeah. He says, Jess, because, because right there the bed is where the two become one. So God is brought into the marriage through that sacramental act. And he says, the bed is the altar. Remember, an altar is holy. He says, so beautiful. Yeah, it just blew my mind when he told me that last week. He says, if you as a husband pray for your unconverted wife at the bedside, or the wife prays for the unconverted husband at the bedside, that's the altar. Remember, the altar is where God comes down upon. And he says, that's where the two become one. So he says, it's it's more powerful because mm-hmm. it, 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 it's it's because of just the imagery of the wedding bed, as the mm-hmm. Bible says, is undefiled, yeah. which means it's it's not secular, it's not profane, yeah. it's holy. The yeah. Bible says it's holy. And, and you know what? I thank Kyle Clement for and 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 sharing this with you because now I'm going to go back to it because I was I was doing that for a long time and then I get so tired I'm just going to jump in bed and say my prayers but no I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice as tired <laughs> as I am I'm going to start praying it back again on the on my knees on my by my bed because yes I now I understand the theology it's of that per, it's powerful that is I know powerful. you know that but it's that's, just to, to be reminded yes of that. I have to remind it because we he have said, to be just that's reminded. your altar in the yes. house wow the that's, bed. that's just yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, how quick the segment. Speaking of holiness. Holy, holy pause for Our Lady Guadalupe. Pray for us. Yes, Mother Mary, we love you. Pray for us. Your beauty and your grace are the bright little dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Bright little dog, Our Lady of Guadalupe. 
We're back. We are back. Jesus Jesse and Anita. Yeah. DJF. Thank God it's Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Absolutely. And We're talking about how to uh, how how to evangelize and and uh, and offer penance and prayers and sacrifice for an unconverted spouse. So we're talking about specifically right now, the biggest question that we get all the time, my husband's unconverted. How do I bring him back to the church? And we were talking about Anita, something I learned from yeah. Kyle Clement last week. Mm-hmm. If you could share that again right here. Yeah. When, you, when a wife prays or a husband prays, what did he say? He said, pray, praying at, the, at your bedside on your knees every night. This is your altar where you two have become one. And you can find that in Genesis 2.24. The Holy Bible says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. That's Hebrews 13.4. This means that your wedding bed is holy. And there's three prayers that we would recommend for a wife to say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because prayers for a husband and wife are different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, our the prayers can, are more intercessory. Yeah, the husbands our, are can pray in precatory because of the head headship. Right. The wife would have to be deprecatory, asking the Lord. So one simple prayer that a woman can p- pray for her husband, uh, if you could share it underneath this. Yeah, the, it's okay. Here's the prayer, and then if you can, if he's open to it, yeah, you want to put your hand, your right hand over his heart, not his head, not his head, his heart, because we are the heart of the home. You're, okay. Exactly. Women are the heart of the We're home. Heart of home. And home. women are called to protect the man's heart. Absolutely. We had to so what, mm-hmm. what I, Anita's <laughs> going to put her, her, yes. her hand on my heart. I'm going to put my hand on his heart. And she'll say a quick little prayer. I'm going to say, let me move that, the prayer. It's, may the Lord bless my husband in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Mary, most holy, please hold Jesse in the mantle of your motherly protection and cover Jesse with the veil of your holiness. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for him and protect him. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for him and protect him and cover him with the cloak of your fatherly protection. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wasn't that beautiful? We're calling on the whole the, the Trinity. We're we're asking Mother Mary's intercession. And we're ask, we're asking for Saint Joseph's intercession. And why right did she there, put, the, the most powerful, uh, the most powerful prophets. patriarch in heaven? Yes, right. And why did my wife put her hand on my heart? Because again, as Pope Pius XII says, a man is the head of the home; a wife is the, the heart. heart of the home. Mm-hmm. Also, Jewish theology teaches that. Eve was taken from the, the side of Adam, that's in the Bible, from the rib of Adam. Jewish theology teaches that that rib covered the heart of Adam. So the Jewish rabbis teach that uh, that Eve was was called to protect the heart of Adam. Mm-hmm. And that's what a woman is actually called to do right. in many respects, is to protect the heart of her husband. The heart of her husband. By, by again, by the marital debt, one mm-hmm. of the ways. That's how you protect his mm-hmm. heart. Uh, by rendering the marital debt, so notice, notice she didn't put her hand on my her hand on my head. That's the position of the mm. husband, yes. because the husband has headship. So he's the only one that could put the hand on the top of the head because of the his office. As Father Ripperger says, it's not because he's holier. Yeah. I'm not trust me. It's not because I'm holier than Anita. Trust mm-hmm. me, it's just because of the office I have, and I'm going to be judged 
on that office, how I discharged it on my judgment day. That makes me tremble sometimes when I think about it. Yeah, I think and the, remember, the diabolical, they know the authority. They yeah. know, they know, they understand it more than anybody, you know, um, that doesn't know it. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's why we are sharing this with you to know what your place is. Your to stay in your lane. To stay in your lane, yeah. your role is as husband and wife. I need to, uh, another prayer, this is, this is in Father Ripperger's book. It's called, you know, praying for another person. Yes. And what he does, he uses the language of St. Louis de Montfort. Mm-hmm. And we know that St. Louis de Montfort teaches that whatever you consecrate to Our Lady, the devil has no access to. So let's just say you're at the side of our bed. Yep. And, what, I, and, and I'm unconverted. Right, unconverted. What would you pray? This is what I would pray. Of course, I'd start with the sign of the cross. Right. Okay. And then I put into thy hands, Mary. I commend the body and soul of Jesse. I ask thee to provide for him and to protect him. I ask thee to protect him from the evil one. I ask thee, enlighten his mind, strengthen his will, and reframe his appetites by grace. Our Lady and St. Michael, call down from heaven the legions of angels under your command to protect him. I ask you all the things I ask of his, of his guardian angel. Guardian angel of Jesse, under thy intellectual and volitional protection, I place his body. I ask thee to illumine his mind and refrain his appetites. I ask thee to strengthen his cognitive power, his memory, and his imagination. Help him to remember the things he should and not remember the things he should not. Help him to associate the things he should and not associate the things he should not. Give him good, clear images in his imagination. I ask thee to drive away all the demons that might affect him while he sleeps or throughout the course of the day. Help him to sleep and if that... Thou should deem it prudent, direct his dreams, help him to arise refreshed. Amen. You must have prayed that last night because I woke up very refreshed today. <laughs> I That's think all we I both say. I think it helped us both because I agree with you. I woke up refreshed and energized. Yes. I was ready to go. Five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> And notice what my wife did <laughs> is she commended me to Our Lady. That's 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 a Saint Louis de Montfort yeah. way of praying. Yeah, Our Lady. And, and there, it's Saint all supplication. Michael. She's asking. Yes. She's asking. She's asking. These are safe prayers, right? And I, they're yeah. called deprecatory, right? It's a beautiful because look what you're doing. You're asking the guardian angels and Our Lady and Saint Joseph to come into the mind of the of your of spouse. your husband, your spouse, to clear his imagination of things that should not be there. And that's and, what attacks a lot of men. Right. And bringing the, the imagination that is good, clear images like holy images. I'll tell you why this prayer is effective. Number yeah. one, if the wife's in a state of grace, check James mm-hmm. five sixteen. She's very specific in her prayer. Matthew mm-hmm. seven, seven yes, is very, very specific. specific. And number three, since she has rights over his body, first Corinthians chapter seven, it's very powerful because a husband has rights over a wife's body, a wife, has rights over the husband's body. Mm-hmm. So this is what we call the marital debt. And that's why a wife's prayer for her husband is very powerful mm-hmm. because she has rights over his body. Right, right. Now, 
the patron saint of marriage is Saint Raphael. What's the third prayer that you would pray for an unconverted husband on your knees at his bedside? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to be asking for the intercession of Saint Raphael, patron saint of marriages, patron saint of marriages, and for troubled marriage, for troubled marriages. And obviously, if you're both on a different page as far as your spiritual walk, uh, your journey, uh, again, this is a prayer that you want to add to your uh, litany of prayers. It starts with, O glorious Saint Raphael, Archangel of Healing, intercede for our marriage today. Bring our marriage the same heavenly gifts you brought Tobias and Sarah, the celestial graces of healing, deliverance, and marital unity. Infuse into our hearts the peace and confidence that nothing is impossible with God concerning the renewal of our marriage. Rekindle in our marriage new forgiveness, new humility, new grace, new peace, new purity, new trust, and new love. Saint, o Saint Raphael, one of the seven who stand before the throne of God, intercede to the merciful Father for the miracle of peace and reconciliation in our marriage. Through the infinite merits of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and the consoling power of the Holy Spirit. O blessed Raphael, guide us on the pathway of marital peace and unity. Most loving Archangel of Healing, I believe in you, I trust in you, and I thank you. Amen. Classic, there, classic a beautiful uh, intercessory prayer. prayer. Yep. Deprecatory yep. in nature. You're asking St. Raphael, a patron saint of marriages, uh, for his powerful intercession, as we see in the book of Tobit. Right, right. And I would just want you to just kind of talk about, it says, Oh, St. Uh, Raphael, one of seven who stand before the God. We know there's three. But I know there's a four, yeah, but there, theology, I, I think they need to know, well, how come there's seven? And yeah. we know there are three in the Bible, for sure. Right. The, Raphael, Gabriel, and... Um, the Jewish people have seven angels right. that are identified in Jewish theology. Mm -hmm. And remember, Jesus Christ mm -hmm. was a Jew, and so was Our Lady yeah. and St. Joseph. And so whoever wrote the prayer, whoever Catholic wrote the prayer, basically appealed to the Old testament understanding of the seven revealed angels mm -hmm. so it's yeah. not it's not like heresy it's just right. we're just borrowing from our our, our forefathers mm -hmm. their understanding of the, the angel of the identified angels for them there's seven for mm -hmm. us there's saint michael the book raphael, of daniel revelation mm -hmm. saint gabriel uh luke the book of luke saint raphael book of tobit mm -hmm. but the jews have four other ones that are mm -hmm. identified because they are in scripture that's why we yeah. hinge on that right Is yeah that, that's well, correct well they're in they're they're in mm -hmm. jewish theology mm -hmm. i don't know if they're in the i don't think they're in the jewish scriptures but they're mm -hmm. in jewish theology mm -hmm. okay and that's their understanding yeah. and again the number seven is the number of perfection the yeah. number of of uh mm -hmm. the number of god yeah and so it would make sense that the jews say hey there's seven arch archangels in their understanding, yep. seven is the number of perfection. Yeah. We also so know the book a, of Revelation, it yep. does talk mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. um, in the book of Revelation, it does say, and to the seven spirits of the oh, seven okay. churches. Wow. And so it is mm -hmm. in the New Testament that there are spirits means angel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anita, okay. let's talk about two examples okay. of women yes. who have... Oh, there's some great examples. It, it, because a, a mm -hmm. lot of... A lot of people don't realize that God allows everything for a salvific mm -hmm, purpose. Mm -hmm. if, if you're, again, going through this relationship of an unconverted husband, God is allowing this to happen because God wants to make you holy. And holy. we want to share two examples. If you can share yeah. the first. Well, you know what? Yeah. I'm not sure if we're going to have a chance. It's 1026. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. no, 9.26. Nine, <laughs> I, I blew it. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. That's okay because yeah, it's, we're different time zones right now. So in, in the next segment, we're going to talk about two great saints, women yes. saints. Yeah, St. Catherine of Genoa. And the other one is? And a, a servant of God, Elizabeth the Sewer. So they were in one, uh, St. Elizabeth Sewer was in the 18th century, going into the 19th century. And then we got uh, St. Catherine Genoa, who's older in the 15th century. And and, and we're going to see in these stories, after we share them on the next segment, we're going to see women who had unconverted husbands. Mm -hmm. And instead of wagging their finger at them and you're going to go to hell and you better listen to me because I'm an alpha woman and pound my chest. Right. Watch me roar. You know, I wear the pants in the family. Instead of that, they acted like the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes. They went into a monastic prayer life. Right. That's what we're going to talk about. Listening to Jesus. Pray for us, Ora por Nobis. Here she comes. Ora por Nobis. Cause of our joy. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. So tenderly you hold us in your arms. Your beauty and your grace are the bright new dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. So tenderly you hold us in your arms. So the question is, my husband is unconverted. The wife is a converted soul. What do I do? Let me give you one example. I'll let my wife give the second example. Okay. The first example is St. Catherine of Genoa. She was a married laywoman. She died in 1510. She was born to a prominent Genoese family. Catherine was married at 15 to Giuliano Adorno. He was a man with a gambling problem, secular humanist. For 10 years, she sought to distract herself from her troubled marriage through worldly occupations. But St. Catherine of Genoa, uh, a great sadness grew in her, and she was tempted to despair. One day, she went to confess her sins, and as she knelt before the priest, she received the great grace and she writes in a journal, she writes, quote, a wound in my heart of the immense love of God. Close quote. She left at once from the confessional and shut herself up at home. And she wrote this in her journal, quote, no longer the world, no longer sin, close quote. She professed that after confession, And from this time on, she began to live a life of profound prayer and penance. For many years, God was her sole guide. Her her attachment to Christ opened her heart to charity, and she began to work at the hospital of Pamatoni, when she eventually became director. Catherine uh, had a conversion of heart. Her husband, Giuliano, became a Franciscan tertiary, third order Franciscan, as a result of her wife's prayers and penance all those years, he and Catherine gave themselves to the care of the poor, and she shared her mystical insights in a book she wrote called Treatise on Purgatory and Dialogue Between the Body and Soul, close quote. During the last 15 years of her life, Catherine suffered from various serious health problems. She died from an illness that doctors could not explain. St. Catherine of Genoa, Pray for us. Yes. She converted her husband, not through intellectual arguments, not through wagging her finger. Through not, her prayer and humility. Yeah. And who's the perfect example of that? 
our Blessed Mother. Blessed Virgin Mary. If all of us women would look at our Blessed Mother as the icon of as women, the icon of women yeah. how much we would convert the world because our husbands, we, through our prayers, we can convert them. But, Amen. You know, there's another there's, story here. Yeah, there's another story. Uh, we did mention a servant of God, Elizabeth Lesur, okay, who was a good wife with a wealthy husband. She personally renounced wealth and led a holy life. She has been called the Teresa Lesur for married women. She did, in fact, discover her own little way of sanctification through, through pure and sac- sacrificial love humility, meekness, redemptive suffering, a vibrant prayer life, and critically, shutting the heck up. <laughs> okay, I think all of us have problems with that sometimes. I know I do, just shut up. In eight, 1889, she married Felix Lesur, a medical doctor from a similarly affluent background, but no longer Catholic a point she discovered only shortly before her wedding. He not only refused to practice Catholicism, he was outwardly and vehemently hostile toward the faith. Wow, that must be difficult. Hmm. Even the atheists were attracted to her grace and holiness. Wow, (laughs) not her husband, Hmm. but the atheists. She simultaneously and unassumingly lived a hidden life as a contemplative and a mystic. Elizabeth's death in 1914 from breast cancer that had metastasized was prolonged and painful, but Felix testified that she bore it with calm and sweetness. She had asked her sister to destroy her spiritual diary after her death, but instead her sister gave it to Felix, who published it a few years later. He was so moved by the profound faith and love of his wife that within a year, he returned to confession and the faith. Several years later, he entered the order of preachers. Dominicans. The Dominicans, ooh. Ordained nine years later after death. Well, it makes sense of reason. He was a doctor, yeah. so he had the intellectual, that intellectual order. Order, mm-hmm. Ordained nine years after her death, that's um, her husband, Father Lucure spent much of his time until his own death in 1950. Wow, not too long ago. Speaking about her spirituality and promoting her cause for sainthood. Well, right now she's a servant of God. So we could still ask for yes. her intercession. Servant of God, Elizabeth Lesur. Yeah. Pray, pray for, for us. us. Pray for marriages. Yes, pray for our marriages. Mm-hmm. I, I need that. Uh, Bishop wow. Donald Hying yes. kind of uh, wraps up both these women's lives. He says, Know that the mystery of suffering in our lives is the sacred ladder by which we will ascend to the beauty of the kingdom of heaven. Wow. So that's what, uh, that's what the, the pro-euthanasia uh, promoters don't get. No, they don't. The importance they don't, of, exactly. of suffering and what it does. And it the marijuana industry. Holy, and the marijuana industry. Absolutely. They, no they, suffering. No suffering. Oh, we I can't feel pain. I need to smoke. Boop. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what they do? They get yeah, so yeah, desperate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need, I need, a, I need yeah. a fix. And you, Kill me. Kill me. Uh, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. <laughs> I don't suffer. I don't yeah. suffer. Yeah. Give it to me. Give me the injection. That's the whole secular mindset. Sorry. We just went off. Yeah, we just lost it Sorry. We had a meltdown. 
We have emotions too. <laughs> yeah, yes. We're we're we our lower passions. Yes, exactly. But the point that we're making is that this is what the devil wants to do. Yep. He wants to tell people you're not meant to suffer. You were never. You're meant to have always pleasure and fun yes. and, mm-hmm. and and titillation. Yeah, the no. deception of the devil is Th- so strong. Is, yes. yes, this is the lie of and Satan. That way of thinking. Yes, because it's through our suffering mm-hmm. that we distribute graces to other people in the body yes. of Christ. Mm-hmm. This is why Our Lady of Fatima appeared to the three, three children in Portugal, and she said this quote. Pray, pray a great deal and make sacrifices for sinners. For many sinners go to hell because they have no one to pray mm-hmm. and make sacrifices for them. In other words, Anita, yeah. most people don't realize it. You, God may have allowed you to marry the knucklehead that you're married yeah, to. Because right. the only way he's going to get to heaven is through, through your you. prayers that, and sacrifice. Right. Mm-hmm. And your prayers and sacrifices are going to make you holy. Right. Because right. it's going to keep you focused on Christ right. and Our Lady and on your knees and with a right. rosary in your hand. And this is the will of God. He's answering your prayers right now. His prayers, the prayers that are for you to convert your husband and offer prayers of supplication for your husband. That's that's what he's asking you right now. That's I, his will at this point. Anita, another thing life. at a practical level that a wife can do is uh, for her husband. Oh, yeah. Is, this yeah, is on really simple, level. women. Yeah. Okay. It's in the kitchen. Okay. Your yeah. kitchen. Another The advice is to use blessed salt in his food. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Yeah, absolutely. Put holy water in his coffee or tea and cook his food with blessed oil. So those three things, blessed salt, holy water, and blessed oil. When you're cooking his, are his eggs and his uh, and hash browns in the morning, his coffee. Woo, it gives a, you actual There's grace. the recipe. Yeah. There's the recipe. And so so, so uh, how should you behave towards your husband? I think there's uh, one Bible verse right. that really nails it on that. Right. So we're talking about what women should do now, how we should behave. Comport with their yeah, husband. Comport. Yeah, comport. And it takes a lot of prayer. I know women, it takes a lot of prayer and restraint and humility. But it, look at what it says in Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12 to 17. It says, To the rest I say, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever, and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever, and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is consecrated through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is consecrated through her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner desires to separate, let it be so. In such a case, the brother or sister is not bound. For God has called us to peace. Wife, how do you know where whether you will save your husband? That's key right there. Husband, how do you know whether you will save your wife? Only let everyone lead the life which the Lord has assigned to him and in which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Wow. Wow, that is that's, that's a lot of meat there. That's the point that we made. Chapter 7. Is that the goal of married life is to get each other to heaven. Yeah. That's what St. Paul just said right, right there. Right. It's that simple. Right. The goal to get each other in and be constant in your prayers because you will never know if your husband, it's, it's, it's called just be faithful. 
Be faithful to the prayer for the conversion of your husband. Anita, so if your husband is lukewarm, what would you further say okay, to the Okay, if your wife? husband is a lukewarm and unconverted, this is what you, his soul is in danger. The Bible says that yeah, in Revelation 3.15. Yeah, Revelations 3.15. He says your, your soul is in danger. So you women are called to be the Saint Monica. You must embrace your cross and prayerfully unite your sufferings to Christ. And that's 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 in Col- Colossians chapter one verse twenty four for him. You've got to do that. And prayerfully unite your sufferings to Christ for him. Pray the Holy Rosary, and we did mention that, and the chapter of Divine Mercy, we did mention that every day for his conversion without fail. And another thing you want to add is fast and do penance for him so that you can merit the grace of conversion for him. And he may one day fall in love with Jesus Christ and become the St. Joseph of your home. That's that biblical. Just, what you just said the last yes, sentence. It's, just, it's, in, it's in Matthew seventeen twenty. Our Lord right. says, but this kind talking about a demon, yeah. talking about demons is not cast out, but by prayer and fasting, close quote. So. We know that Satan's tactic, you mentioned the demon that goes after marriages. I don't want to repeat Yeah, we don't want to mention his name. Yeah, Satan's tactic and his demons is to divide and conquer your marriage and family. that's the goal for... Our Catholic Christian tactic is to unite our marriage and family through prayer. Right. There she comes. There she comes. What up, Holy Pause. The cause of our joy. We'll be right back. Stick around. Your beauty and your grace are the bright Don't you love that? I'm, Our Lady Guadalupe, your beauty and your grace are, are a great new dawn. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I, I just love the bumpers. Just I, I can just... Oh. I can go into the sleep of death listening to those bumpers. Yeah, it's just beautiful. We're, yeah. uh, welcome back, family. Uh, Jesus 911 Friday show, uh, Sacrament of Marriage in Action, Jess and Anita. We're talking about the, answering the question, my husband, for a wife, my husband is unconverted. Help! <laughs> so first of all, yeah, next we need to know the role of a husband and a wife from Scripture. Mm-hmm. So this will help you. Under once you know your role, you got to stay in your lane. Yep. In Genesis two chapter Genesis two chapter eighteen verse eighteen, excuse me, the Bible says, "Quote." Then the Lord God said, "It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper." Key in that word, helper, mm-hmm. fit for him. Close quote. Now, the Hebrew word for helper is ezer kenegdo, which is defined in a Hebrew dictionary as. Quote, someone who aids, protects, defends you, especially in battle. Mm-hmm. So how would you understand this? This means that the role of Eve and all women, they're called to be helpers. They're called to be Ezer Konegdos, mm-hmm. which means they're supposed to fight to aid their husband in the battle of life to save their souls and the souls of their children. Yeah, I love that. Ezra Konegno. That unlocks the understanding yep, of women. Yep, there you go. And it's in scripture. 
Here's so one more, and then I want to get your comment. Yeah. Ephesians 5.22, if you can read that, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make some comments. Absolutely. It's just one verse, it's really. Ephesians 5.22, it says, okay, we're talking about you wives. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. Okay. Yep. So the Greek word implies her submission is free and voluntary. It's not like, uh, it's not a degrading, servile, or, or cursive. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. a Chapo Guzman only in the harem. That's not what yeah. it's talking about mm-hmm. here. The Greek word, be subject, is the word hupotasso, which is primarily a military term, which means to rank under, according to all wow. Greek dictionaries of the New Testament. So since a wife entrusts herself to her husband as part of her devotion to the Lord... Her submission is not unconditional, especially if her husband is asking or commanding her to do something that God express, expressly forbids. So it's not unconditional submission. Another key to interpreting this verse is that phrase, as to the Lord. In other words, in the, in the, in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no master-slave relationship. No male chauvinism, no bossiness. Notice that Christ is not the boss or the CEO of the church. He is its head, mm-hmm. not as an executive, as the head of the corporation. What is described here in Ephesians 5.22 is an organic unity and an ontological intimacy. One more thing wow. that I'll throw to my wife. Wow. Another translation uses the word submission. Some say sub- sur- surrender, submission. I like to explain this Greek word hupotasso as follows. Submission. Sub means under Mm -hmm. and mission means to be sent forth with the authority to perform a specific service. Wives then, notice, are called to put themselves under the mission of their husbands. What's the mission of the husband? To get the family to heaven. So the wife's submission under the mission, is to, to help. help her husband <laughs> get the family to heaven. Yes, Pretty simple. Very simple. Very simple. And I think... And I think the people sure went away from the verse. Is, yes. I, I think this clarifies it for a lot of women what their role is. Right here, it's it's pretty distinct. The marriage is a military yes, unit. And precise of where, you know, what, where we, where we, where we, where we at in the ladder of authority. We're yeah. We're second, but we are the help. But it doesn't mean ontologically we're equal. In other words, God's looking at my wife, myself and my wife right now. Unto God, ontologically, completely equal. Mm -hmm. Now, God looks at us as terms of our role. God says, you're more responsible, Jess, to get your wife and your kids to heaven. You're more responsible than she is. You're going to answer to me on judgment day. So, Mm -hmm. in terms of the economic authority... I'm more mm-hmm. responsible in yeah. terms of our ontological equality before God, completely equal. Yeah. In fact, and more next... women are, are saints in heaven than men. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, more women are going to have a higher spot in heaven than men because they're generally speaking holier than men. And and heaven is a place where you're rewarded for your holiness. So a lot of you are going to be senior. A lot of you guys are going to be in the cheap seats in the binocular section <laughs> and your wives are going to be in ringside. Yep. And in the beatific vision. Right, you say, oh, right. yeah, I was married to her. Honey, remember me? Remember me? I can't go over there, but you could come to me and say hi. 
I think the what type of faith should a wife have? Uh, I think the Gospel of Mark tells us yeah, what type um, of faith. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter nine, uh, verses thirty to thirty-seven, it talks about having faith like a child. Okay, we know we all have. Many of you have children or have nieces and nephews, and see how innocent they are. So this gospel tells us that to get to heaven, you need to receive, trust, and surrender to God. The virtues of Our Lady. Yep, the virtues of Our Lady. Yeah. That's what she did to Joseph when they were yeah. going to flee to, fl- uh, the flight into Egypt. Joseph said, "Get up, Mary. We have to go to Egypt," and she go and she just submitted. She submitted. Okay. Let's go. She didn't question him. She just went. She trusted, trusted surrendered him. to receive God's love, right. receive his love and protection. Right. Absolutely. So that's an example. Yeah. Uh, this is why it's easier for a woman and children to be saved. Because a woman's natural mission is to receive, trust, and surrender. This is an example, example left by the Blessed Virgin Mary. A husband's job is to lead, protect, and provide. This is an example left by St. Joseph. This is a perfect couple yeah they are they're the perfect couple we want to look at couples don't look at justin and Anita. No, no, don't, look, me, at don't us. look at us you know we're Pray in perfect people uh trying to reach holiness every yeah. day yeah but that's the couple that you want to look at joseph and mary that's the iconic couple joseph and mary they're the ones don't look at human beings because we human beings can disappoint you absolutely and he, we're going to do yeah. our best every yeah. day to not disappoint yes. you and and I know yeah I don't you, want to disappoint anybody. Yeah, we don't want to disappoint me. anybody. So the the man is the head of the home, and you women are the heart of home. Remember that we mentioned that earlier. As a couple, it is your domestic church. It's in the Catechism, Catechism. of the Catholic Church. What's that? Uh, in paragraph sixteen fifty six and sixteen sixty six. So there is a great book called. Ask Your Husband by Stephanie Gordon. And that's put out by 10 books. I'm almost done with it. It's an awesome book. A lot of information. And and for those of you, please don't get offended by this book. Because you know what? It's The truth is going to set you free. Yes, That's Amen. what it is. And if you struggle by reading it, it's because the truth is, you know, that's the first, what's the first reaction to truth? Anger. Anger. You know, ups- God is working upset. on your humility. Yeah, he's working on your humility. Trust if me. If you have a problem with the book. And, yeah. So problems in marriage stem from husbands and wives not knowing their roles and not staying in their lane. That's the we, whole we issue. We see that all our life. We've seen it our life. We see people and I just like, oh, she's not staying in her lane, yeah. you know. And we see it with, even with good, solid yes. Catholic couples. I think, oh, please, <laughs> you know, stay in your lane. You know, so, you know, we got to pray. So what's the role of a woman from scripture, right? Well, oh, yeah, wait, 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 you know, I forgot. Well, I forgot one thing. Yeah. What a, a wife with an unconverted husband should have a monastic prayer life. That means a serious prayer life. Serious prayers yeah. like constancy. Yeah. They should be receiving the sacraments as often as possible. What else should women do, us wives do? Offer masses for his conversion. You can go on websites and you can offer a year full of masses for your husband. Yes. All these orders on the internet will do a year of masses for anybody you offer. Have you ever done a year of masses for your husband? Just a a question. Yeah, question. Have you done that? Okay. Uh, The holier you are, the more... uh, the holy you are, the more prayerful your intercessor prayers will be. You can or, find and, that and in the James more chapter 5 and 16. Yeah. yeah, more powerful. Absolutely. Now, we're not going to get to all these verses, but you got homework. Yes. We want you to read. This is for women because these mm-hmm. are scripture verses for women. Yeah. Remember, read this, this is a verse. Women's show. Yeah. 
First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 7. You need to read that. Mark that up in your Bible. This is the, the role of women. First yeah. Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Which is the next assignment that we give them, Anita? Your next assignment is Proverbs 31, uh, verse 10 to 31. So again, Tom. Proverbs 31, verse 10 to 31. The third verse that you that we're asking you to read for your homework is Sirach chapter 26, verses 1 to 16. Sirach chapter 26, verses 1 to 16. So there you go. These three verses yep. clearly tell you. Proverbs and Sirach. Clearly tell you the role of a woman from Scripture. Okay. And we already had given you the one, the First Corinthians chapter seven, mm-hmm. verses twelve to seventeen. Read that one. First Corinthians chapter seven, verses twelve to seventeen. Yeah. One more time, I need to th- which one? First Peter chapter three, verse one to seven. Proverbs thirty-one, uh, verse ten to thirty-one, and Sirach from one to chapter 16. twenty-six, one to sixteen. Yes. So you got homework, women. Yeah. Those four Bible verses tell you the role of women. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to give you some advice, women. Take these scripture verses in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. Do the Lexo Divina. That's what you want to do. Read it three times. Do it three times and sit there in front of our Lord. I want to, and ask the Lord, I want to be a better life, a wife, so I can convert my, so my husband could love you. That's yeah, a whole uh, issue. Not for you. It's for them to love Jesus. We mm-hmm. go to mass because why? We love Jesus. Yeah. Not because it's uh, uh, we it's obligatory. Not because my mom tells me. No, my husband tells me. No, we go because out of love. Love. Caritas. Love for Jesus. Amen. And that's what we do. We need to do for our husband. We're doing it so he can love Christ. That's the bottom line. That's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Jesus 911 Friday show, TGIF. Thank God we're unforgiven. Yep. It was nice being with you. Have a most blessed re- weekend. And remember, keep your Lenten commitments. Yes. Up next, Gary Machuda, Hands on Apologetics, the big guy coming to you from the Midwest Command Center with high level apologetics. As for us, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Jesus 911. We Good love to you. Be here with family. Thank you for yes. sharing this hour with us, this holy hour yes. of power. And go be holy. Yes. Be, stay holy, be holy, or die trying. God bless you. God bless you. Love your spouse. Love the Lord. Love your children.